Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minutes, a daily podcast which we smash apart the films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute chunks, so we can analyze them in scrupulous detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Road to Infinity podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco, and one of the coolest things that college freshman Rob saw when he was a young, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed freshman on the campus of Arizona State University in 1990. Go Sun Devils. Yes, was these custom Coke vending machines. Mm. So they had Coke vending machines all over campus. I believe it was Coke because I'm not a Pepsi fan, so it had had to be a Coke. I could be wrong. If you're an ASU alum, I'm sure you'll tell us. (laughs) But they had the full plastic insert that's the cover that, you know, the the front of the machine, that fluorescent lights or the Mm -hmm. illuminated lights behind it. They were Sparky. I mean, it was literally just full on awesome, full color Sparky, who's the mascot of Arizona State. And, you know, and the Coke logo and stuff. And it was wonderful. And every time I'd go around campus, I would just think, well, that's amazing. They got custom Coke vending machines. They do this for every school. And it's not like a big deal. And it's just not a big deal. I thought, just as a impressionable mm-hmm. young freshman, yeah. that was cool. Mm-hmm. Vending machines was the big thing that I picked out of this movie. <laughs> yeah, we, we are definitely past all the action and excitement and uh, even like the emotional struggles too. We're really just into the sort of meaty nuts and bolts of just getting people from place to place. Well, you got to exhale. Yeah. Like, yeah. like the movie exactly. had to, I mean, okay, so like this is what all these minutes are right, right now. There's some additional character development, understanding who are the antagonist. Uh, things will be revealed. Yeah, yes. we're, we're we're firmly, we're, we're in the right. start of Act 3. So Act 2, everything was terrible. We're in the start of Act 3. Act 3, you know, we're, we're getting everybody ready for the big final confrontation. We got a couple twists and turns left to, to go here, and then a big final confrontation. Uh, but now it's just basically maneuvering pieces here at minute 63 of 2008's Incredible Hulk movie, directed by the one, the only, Louis Leterrier. So uh, we pick up the minute where we left off, which is back in the military hospital. And we finally get to hear the end of the sentence. (laughs) The doctor says, I've never seen anything like this out of a racehorse, which is a really odd sentence. But yeah, what? Okay. I guess he's talking about how great his heart was. He's like, he'll never walk again. Uh, He can't breathe on his own. Uh, we, We don't think his eyes are working, but my God, that heart. The heart of a champion. Well, yeah, we're picking up, right? Ross, Ross composes himself, mm-hmm. right? So now he's yep. like, oh, fine. And we do, I think this is actually a neat reveal shot. Yeah, because we just saw his reaction first, and now right. we have it re- directly from behind Ross. It, and it's his back. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a full shot behind him, and then the camera just rises, mm-hmm. and then you see what he's that's seeing. Right. So I think that's that's a neat, neat way to do it. What's the story? How bad is it? Yeah. Well, I, I, it must be pretty bad because as I look around at all the stuff that's around Blonsky, I see they have the machine that goes ping. <laughs> yes. They have the ping <laughs> so, machine. Uh, they, of course. I mean, like only the best for Emil Blonsky. As I was going through trying to figure out what exactly we can tell is wrong with him besides the fact that he's unconscious in a hospital bed. Uh, he has at least he has a broken arm. He has one arm that's set with pins, so he's got like pins going into it. He has broken ribs. He has a halo, which means like his head is being held in place, which probably means his neck is broken. And then he's on a ventilator, so he's not breathing on his own. So like he's got a, you know, basically he's been trached. He's got a hole cut in his neck. And then the thing on his hand, I'm not exactly sure what that is. Is that just to keep his hand in place? Right. So the halo brace that he's got on his head, yeah. that's like the ones like if you've broken your neck and stuff and it's literally screwed into your skull. Yeah, right. Like that's the halo part that is connected and then it's connected with rods. The one on the hand is just a hand one. Oh, anybody who's had a tremendous trauma to the bones and the structure of their hand, that's just something to kind of keep the phalanges mm-hmm. and the 
Tar- wow, I, that's stuff I can Tar- mar- vaguely car- remember. Carpal meta- metacarpals. Metacarpals and tarsals <laughs> are for the finger foot, right? Nails. <laughs> yeah, and the fingertip. No, so so yeah, I mean that's just, that's just something. There's obviously been tremendous trauma in his hand. In terms of the stuff that's around him, yes, there is the ventilator, mm-hmm. which you'll see off to the far right, yep. and then there is a there's the pingy device on the mm-hmm. left. That's just the the vitals. That's oh, okay. just the vitals monitor. That's yeah. it. And then the only other thing that's in the room actually is in the far right corner is just a IV. Ah, okay. That's sure. How do I know all this? Because my wife's a nurse, yeah. and I asked her, and she went, "Oh yeah, that's all that." Then I said, "Well, how bad do you think he looks?" And she's like, oh, "Whatever." And she walked away. But <laughs> and that's the extent that our wives are interested in this podcast. <laughs> that's that's it. Here's the thing, though. Now, this remember we talked about this. We talked about my great eye roll at the end of the last minute. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looks bad, but he's he's not he's not he's not he's not a pancake. No. And and his and his even though it's right, he, he basically has a bruise almost from head to foot. He's intact. His face is I still mean, like his nose is like we saw that impact on the tree. And yes, I mean he, like he he still has both eyes and his nose and his jaw is in the right place. So you know you can still in terms of uh, cinematic language, you still got the money maker, baby. But once again, my I think my eye roll was substantiated. <laughs> <laughs> well, because Russell was the same thing too. So after his initial, oh, what is that thing? Take it away! Take it away! Uh, we see Ross nice. like shakes his head, that and, and my my reaction, my interpretation of that is, oh no, not oh, again! Right. Yeah, like you know, it's like another another one of my super soldier failed because we we heard illusions early on in the movie. That's illusions not illusions that he had done things like this before right. and so this is just another failure in his uh, burgeoning super soldier program he did not find other Captain America sadly so then he he's pretty much like well back to the drawing board let me see if I can find another sucker I can uh, inject with some of this blue fluid uh, but then we get what I call the monster movie yes! moment he's <laughs> still alive <laughs> It was very much like, I mean, Scream being a, a more contemporary, but like you know, any of those horror movie things where it's like, he's dead, the killer's dead, the killer's dead. Then suddenly his hand flexes and his eyes open and the music goes, nah. That's in, in, in movie terms, that's called a stinger because they play a loud music really like just to get people to go, ah. So that's half the time when you jump in a movie theater, it's, it's wise because they turn the music up really loud and they hit you with a, a note out of nowhere. The stinger. So, did you did you like that? No, it was dumb. It, <laughs> I mean, like I get what they're doing because I mean, like they're still right. playing they're still playing monster movie tropes, but it was yes. like, oh, absolutely, it was lazy. I mean, there's a couple ways you could have done, I think, too. But you know, I, I could I could armchair you know director this thing, but right. about, no, I think no, no, no. Of it probably would have been more effective if he had grabbed Ross on his way out. Like instead of instead of That's just like what's missing, cut to yes. the hand flexing, like Ross goes uh, and he turns and all of a sudden whoosh and like you like you know in the same shot he grabs his arm and then you see the one eye open and look around wildly and then you know oh okay well no that's like, per- that's a perfect point yes we never saw right. Ross see this like Ross as far as we know Ross is like down the hall already like spar find me another so wait, sucker isn't this and we and we've touched on this in the last minute mm-hmm. you know again my assumption is is that his body's healing faster than a normal human would because he had the serum, right? Wouldn't that have been the perfect moment? Like, this seems like a lost moment. Right. Like, the doctor should have been like, oh, my God, and ran out of the room. Like, yeah, the, the doctor's like, yeah, his heart's good. 
but like he hasn't noticed anything else. Right. But I guess maybe he doesn't know the the full extent of what happened that the hunt punted this guy across a football field size. Plus, you know what? The only thing I could think of when I saw this scene with the close up of his face, just the whole way his face looks. The whole apparatus, mm-hmm. the yeah. halo, and everything else. I didn't even have to get the sound clip for this because mm-hmm. I will just do it. <laughs> no! <laughs> it's it's Anakin when he's getting the helmet placed on his head. Yeah, you know it's a different angle, but I mean that's totally that's the vibe I got for this, which is not which is not no great no. Vibe, right? I, I, was, <laughs> I was thinking the um, I was thinking the Tim Burton Batman movie with Joker after he gets his surgery. Mirror. Oh right. Mirror. You know? Right right right. No, so I mean, like, look, I, I again because we've talked about the monster, the the monster theme in this. I get what they're looking for. I don't think this works as well as it could have. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's a little cheesy. But meanwhile, speaking of cheesecake, uh, we Jeez. cut back to the, <laughs> the cave. The cave, uh, and Betty wakes up to an unfamiliar figure. I mean, we've all been there. You wake up, you look over, and that's not who I. Oh no! You don't. You didn't look like that when. It happens. I know I had a so, lot to drink I, at that me, party, but I mean, this isn't. This is totally not who I came home with. Here, here we are, and I, the thing I found interesting in, in the commentary where they talk about this is if you watch the scene again, you will see that another Marvel forward backward callback is is happening right here because Edward Norton never moves in this scene, and his arm is covering his face. Oh no! Why? No! Because this was a reshoot, and his hair was a different color and length. That's right, folks. Back from like like the controversy of like minute like seven, eight, and nine or somewhere in there, we finally have an answer. Yes. He well, they were officially they did reshoots and his hair was different and so they had to do things to cover it up. And this is one of the things they did is his arm is in front of his head the whole time so you can't see the difference in his head. So a long time Marvel movie minute mystery. This is where it has happens. Been answered. <laughs> yes. This is where it happens. Okay, I, right here in minute sixty-three. So those of you who stuck with us for the last sixty episodes, you're finally like, when are they going to get back to the hair thing? We got we did back it to the hair solved. thing. Boom! We did it. I'm putting up a banner. I really thought that you were going to say that's not even Ed Norton. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, yeah, right. It's like, like, is she going to lay in there shirtless? Well, can I get my stunt double to do it? Because get the extra guy. Hey, dude, come here. Take your shirt off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's close. What what it made me think of is it's kind of like in the post-credit scene of Avengers that uh, Chris Evans had to keep his hand in front of his face because at the time they shot that he had grown a full beard. Yep. Shawarma. Shawarma gets caught in your beard. That's right. The shawarma scene. That's right. So yeah. Once again, it's like I'm stealing material from whoever is doing this in, in 2025. Now wait a minute. So this okay. So so we see Betty. He's still in his rag. Yep. She, and she takes her her no longer white right. coat and put it on him. <laughs> so all right now. Okay. Um, so wait. We transition to the shot of her coming out of a motel. Right. And Betty has learned to teleport. No, I, wait. Yeah, wait. I don't know. It's like we, we we cut to. They felt they needed that shot in reshoots to set. I mean, what? Yeah, I guess because I guess they thought, okay, Betty was sitting with the Hulk, and then suddenly she's walking out of a motel. What's going on? I'm lost. How did they? Where did she? How did they? Yeah, apparently. Oh, wow. Uh, or like in the initial thing, they never like went, hey, maybe we should have a shot of the two of them together before they're on the run as fugitives for the back half of the movie. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah, wow. So uh, Betty checks him into a motel, and we know it's a motel because there's a giant motel <laughs> giant sign behind says there. Motel. <laughs> Not a hotel, a motel, oh, yeah. hotel, motel, Holiday Inn. 
So as she's walking by, uh, she uh, walks past some excessive product placement. Rob, have you ever wanted to take home some real refreshment? You know, I have. And when I do, I think of refreshing and sparkling Coca-Cola. <laughs> We are not. Which, by the way, no, no paid endorsement for that, right? God, but uh, but I would take that Coca Cola money so fast for all the money I've given them over the years. I would take their endorsement money so fast. I would sell out in a second for a twelve twelve pack right now of Coca Cola of of delicious Coca Cola. You know, Coke is it. It's the real thing. Okay, so wait. So, but so, it's a little excessive. Oh, no, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, okay, you got your Coke machine. Do we need two well, Coke machines, okay, Coca-Cola? so that's the issue. Were you rolling out a new design and you wanted to just show both Th- of them? That's my issue. Like, okay, so the full lineup here is there are yeah. four, well, there's four vending machines and one of those old school, like, ice bot. I mean, it's not an ice vending yeah. machine, but it's those, it's, yep. if you knew, if you saw this. There's right. also a handy sign that says ice, ice with an arrow point. So the four way. vending machines we've got is on the left, going from left to right, we've got an old school Coke machine, like circa 1988. Yep. Yep, they probably that probably once held new coke. Yes, yes, it did because it's got the small panel. It's not fully illuminated mm-hmm. front. It's got the big push buttons um, on the right and the, yep. like the primary ones and everything. You got a traditional ice machine, hotel weird like commercial ice machine next to it. You got a weird yep. vending machine next to that with foods mm-hmm. and stuff with weird like jelly bean wall- wallpaper. And I yeah, and I was just yeah. <laughs> just to make it more festive. It, that was awkward. And then next to that, a modern at the time. Yeah, Coke vending machine, right? With the full like, size illuminated front. I'm sure that this was this was not an accident, folks. No, like of is, course not. <laughs> this is product. This is definitely product placement. But they probably had the old one there. Like, hey, we got this here. Like, no, no, we want to show off our new machine. We don't want to remove the old one though. So two, two machines. You want two machines? Yeah. Can you two, imagine like two, the two the in set the same people, shot? Right? They're like, yeah. so what do we got? You got to get two Coke vending machines. What? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Like, is this like a two? No, no, it's the same shot. Two Coke vending machines. Oh okay. Uh, uh, all right. I, I guess so. Marty, we're gonna stay up. We're gonna be here late tonight. Oh, and then can you imagine the guy who comes back? Wait, this is the best part. They show up. They get them. They're like, "They're the, you can't be the same." Yeah, you got to get one new <laughs> yeah, vending machine. Yeah, be two different ones. One old vending machine, and then you've got an LV four forty five, and then you need a, you need an LV five twenty eight. Oh, oh. I mean, come on. Kyle, did you not know that I did my research on vending machines? <laughs> oh, do <Let's> tell. <laughs> do you know the first Coca-Cola vending machine was invented in 1929 by the Glasscock Brothers Manufacturing Company of Muncie, Indiana? Oh, shout out to the Hoosiers. <laughs> it was a 151-pound icebox that held 76 six-ounce bottles sold for a five cents per bottle charge payable to the clerk. So this is a this manual. Is when they still had cocaine in well, it. Well, yeah. So, so you got bottles. Mm-hmm. You didn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't really a vending machine. It was basically a cooler oh. that you walked into the store, you paid the money, you took the bottle. Coke in bottles. So it's, delicious. It's so much better. So much. So post-World War II, this is when the vending machines first started to be coin operated. Mm-hmm. This was called, the first of these was called the Vendo 83 Coke machine. The Vendo 83. Oh, I love it. So you put in a nickel, you open the door, you retrieve a Coke. And it doesn't, it, they, they initially did, <gasps> a nickel. You, they didn't have change, but then eventually later on they did have ones that could could dispense a nickel change for a dime. So you put a dime in. Yeah, I hope I, I hope that the listeners are getting half as much enjoyment as I'm getting out of this. I love all of this. Please, oh, <laughs> please tell me more. And finally, in the 1960s, it was discovered that cans easily cooled and that it wouldn't break when dispensed. <sighs> so manufacturers came up with the first 
Coke vending machines that dispensed canned Coke. And this started the popularity of Coke vending machines, giving to the rise of other soda and beverage vending machines. This this seems like something we should have covered at the top of the show, but have you ever had a can explode on you out of a vending machine? Oh, totally, yes. Absolutely, so have I. They're they're little they're they're tiny little bombs. They're pressurized canisters. Like this is how they killed the shark in Jaws. No. I mean, come on. Now, just so you all know, uh, just a little kudos and shout out to spoiler for Jaws. By the way, forty four year old movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're coming at me with these, and I'm just like, what? I'm not even like prepared. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm derailing you from your from your your your. Um, your TED talk on vending vending machines machines, which I just want to say at the end just a kudos and thank you to vendingworld.com whose blog was instrumental in the research for our you're doing the Lord's work vending world talk about vending machines yeah yes I I even I'm even old enough that I once got a bottle of coke out of a vending machine oh I think I have too actually yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. I think back in the day, they used to have that one. Like, I, I sort of, I mean, I was very, very young, but I remember sort of the transition when they stopped putting bottles into machines. Oh, yeah. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so we, as we go, we, we have Coke machine, um, vending machine, ice machine, Coke machine, random homeless dude. <laughs> oh, wait. Yes, wait. <laughs> That's not a random homeless dude. That's our hero. <laughs> That's one of the premier scientists of the, of the world. That's Dr. Bruce Banner. Oh, you see, uh, Betty uh, goes over to him and wakes him out of his nightmare. <laughs> and then that's pretty much where Okay, let's keep a couple notes here. He looks just like he does yeah. in the Mexican border town that we found him in. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, he looks totally destroyed. Rock bottom again. Rock bottom. I actually think there were other places she could have left him before she went into the motel <laughs> office. Yeah, probably. That seemed odd. Yeah. Like an odd choice to just leave him there. <laughs> and then, yes, yeah, she comes out, and she goes to stoop down to him, and that's where a minute ends. You know, I, I, she comes out of the corner, and I see poor Bruce laying there all by himself. I mean, he's such a lonely man. <sighs> poor Bruce. Here we are again. You know, I thought I was over being so emotionally spent mm. about this character because yeah. I love this character. Yeah. And I love the portrayal of this character. Right. I, this, this has to end well. I, I can't. <laughs> I don't want any more of this. Well, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, a hot shower and uh, maybe a, a fashion update will help him. Yeah. Oh, that's it. And also, too, I hope it's a great motel room. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's something that uh, that this happy couple deserves. Spoiler for the next minute. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out exactly what kind of hotel room they get in minute 64. So we hope you'll uh, join us back for that one. In the meantime, if you want to talk to us more about what's going on over on Facebook, you can do so. You can find us over at, say it with me, folks, the Marvel Movie Minute and Next Real Film Podcast Executive Lounge. Very well done. Yeah. You can find it over at facebook.com slash groups slash the next reel. Uh, thank you all for listening. We'll see you back here for minute 64. Hope you had a smashing good time. Until next time, true believers. Bye. Bye.